Hey everybody, welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. This week, uh, it's our live episode from IO West here in LA. It was on Memorial Day, of all days, and uh, it was amazing. David Anthony Higgins was there, James Urbaniak, and our good old friend Jeremy Guskin was there. We talk about Monty Python's uh, matching tie and handkerchief um, for, uh, you know, a solid hour, for as long as we were allowed to be on stage. And um, it was great. Our audience was wonderful. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, thank you to everybody who came out and thank you very much to iOS for having us. Uh, they have live shows every week. It's a great venue. Um, not going there is a crime. Uh, so that might've been a slight exaggeration, but it was a lot of fun. And the people there were very cool and very nice and very helpful, especially to, uh, you know, a podcast who's only had one other live episode before. But, uh, yeah, it was an amazing show. I think you'll enjoy it. We are not going to have any clips in this episode because it was a live show. Um, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it thoroughly. And, again, please leave your comments and all that good stuff. Make sure you follow both uh, David Anthony Higgins and uh, James Urbaniak on Twitter. You don't need to bother following Jeremy or Mike on Twitter. They're not very interesting. That's not true. Follow them both as well. Um, and then me. So thank you so much and enjoy this episode. Comedy on Vinyl Live. This is Mike. I'm Mike. I'm Jason. That's Jason. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's put his hand there. Yeah. All right. This week we're talking about Monty Python's Magic Tie and Handkerchief, and uh, our special guests are Jeremy Guskin. Yeah. Hi. Hi. It's me, Jeremy Guskin. Yes. 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 Thanks. David Anthony Higgins. Oh yeah. So exciting to make an entrance with applause <laughs> on a podcast. Oh, you don't know is how thrill. exciting it is to be here at the actual taping uh, with this live, the energy of the live audience. And, uh, yeah! Yeah, awesome. You're probably listening to this on your iPod, I guess? Or? Uh, it's I, a podcast. I, I have yeah. a Zoom, but yeah. You, you can, listen to it on yeah, your Zoom. You can like, listen to it. There's a bar up front, and this is the first podcast I was ever carded at yeah. to Me get too. into. I had to I show really my... Too. Or proofed, as we said in New Jersey. Is that what they Proofed, say? yes. I proof? didn't. Yeah, that's originalism. You yeah. have to show proof of your age. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're from New York. I never heard proof. <laughs> no, I never heard proof. Wow. Can we keep talking about that? You, would you rather talk about? Yes, I'm restraining myself from yeah. doing Jersey slang. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, you both wanted to do this album. Um, we, if we have time, I don't no, know if there's enough did. people, but they, they could pass this around. <laughs> yes, sure. We'll, and take a look if you'd like it, to take read a look all the, at the liner notes. Oh yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll I well, you had gotten in touch with me quite a while ago, like a few months ago, about this podcast, and it was the first record I thought of. And then I went out of town for a couple of months, and then I was very bad about getting back to you. That's fine. And you sent me a nice email a couple of weeks ago, and then you, you said you spoke to Higgins and that he had mentioned this album too and we'd make a panel out of it. Mm-hmm. Which yes. seems like a jolly idea. Well, I was forced uh, <laughs> to come up with an album quickly and this one always pops into my head. It's one of my uh, early comedy influences. Um, and we're, I, we were talking in the green room. Indeed. At the iOS. And um, 
the idea of hearing about these albums, like uh, the children of today, the kids, the young people, mm-hmm. they get information from the interwebs. Right. Uh, when we were growing up, it was just the idea of you'd find this in a bin. You didn't know it was released. You know, I'm sitting there in Des Moines, Iowa at the, you know, I think I bought this at Target when I bought mine. <laughs> and I'd be in the bin. Like, the first Monty Python album, I just had. It was also the first Target, if memory It was the first Target. It was circa 77. Well, just opened. Right. I don't think road. it was a chain. I think it was Frank and it was, well, there was Target. One, there was and one they the Target family and their here. truck. Yes. <laughs> but uh, the idea of just finding these, because I, I would watch the, the show on television. And I actually used to always pursue. I'd look in the comedy section. There's only like four, <laughs> four choices. <laughs> but uh, very excited when this came out and the idea that it wasn't just stuff from the show. Yeah. Uh, the first Monty Python album that I and I don't even remember the name of it that I saw was the foot coming down. It was just it was just sketches from the show. Yeah. Um, and this and another thing that's so great about this uh, for Monty Python is the production value they put into it. You know, their love of the Goon Show and BBC Radio sure. History, mm-hmm. that there's sound effects, right. there's uh, oh, it's, it's stereo um, yeah, effects, yeah, you know, and like a oh, guy walking across a room. Exactly, or, and, and also playing with the distance from the mic, so you can hear people just making those snide comments oh, like God. way in the yes. background. Yeah, it's it's awesome. really, really yeah. precise in yeah. the production. Yeah, that's because we're around the same age, and I went to high school from 77 to 81. And I first heard about Python from a kid in, like, junior high. In fact, his name was Peter Dragna. I remember his name. And, uh, and he just told me about this weird show. And I remember him describing an episode to me, which was just a series of bizarre non-sequiturs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a guy is walking, and then a gorilla does a thing. And then he slaps him with a fish, and, and he falls in the yeah, canal. The thing is, like, unlike a Gallagher show, which you can certainly describe in just gags, yeah. uh, the Monty Python was so much more layered that... Uh, I remember as a kid, we'd go through it, and then we'd all be doing Penguin on the television, you know, right. that type of thing. But I, I found it just switching through. We only had four channels back then. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but, you know, my <laughs> PBS station, I'm watching it, and it was the first time I saw nudity on my television. It was thanks yeah. to Monty Python. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. They were great at that. Oh. So good at just well, the first one I remember was when he had no idea they were coming, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. It was the boring life of a right. public right. When he goes, and he's got the comic book at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. He's the adventure comic book, but he starts out, and he's like, Frankenstein is Right on the line. He goes in to buy his newspaper in the morning and his magazine, (laughs) and the girl is naked. Right, and I think the guy on fire just runs through it at one point. There's a variation on that sketch on this album, which is about a boring little man. Yep. And it's all framed as an adventure story. Nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just. Terry Wait. Jones going about his day asking if the new paper clips arrive. <laughs> Which another the crazy feature I was looking I looked up the album today and listened to it today. But the idea that it originally was they wanted to sell it in men's clothing stores with it it actually had the original hat and matching tie and handkerchief. Yes, yeah, I do I remember agree. seeing the, that. The album was actually free. They said yeah. the album was free. Yeah, it was a free giveaway. The, the, the tie and the it came with the matching tie and handkerchief. Also, the artwork is really beautiful, and I'm uh, uh, I've been a lifelong amateur cartoonist, and actually, that's <laughs> the art on the inner sleeve and um, mm-hmm. uh, on the front and the back. Uh, all my cartoons really are basically see. variations on those drawings. You really can't see it on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> Unless you it look actually, really hard. Uh, it's, these are all Terry Gilliam uh, drawings. It's, it's his artwork, obviously. Uh, but the thrill of this album of finding the third side. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
the first time it happened where you go, wait a minute, this is a, you're, you're playing it for the zillionth time. <laughs> <laughs> Mine didn't miss yet. Third side it, is, so people. Well, it was uh, originally produced with uh, like some sort of special inner groove. Yes. Uh, where it, the side two this would one play different it. tracks. But depending. you know, the other thing is they're both side two. Yeah, they're, they're both, both sides. Uh, uh, it says on its side two. two. Right. But then yeah. uh, I think B is the side that if you get but the I vinyl. But I probably yeah. bought my copy circa 78, 79, and I... Mine didn't have the special. It just had all the stuff. In a row? In a row. Oh, okay. But oh, it, it didn't yeah. vary when you played it. But it was designed You had one of those? We had one of those. I had uh, at the Target in Des Moines. <laughs> uh, I was able to get the one. And the thing is, you're, you're the first time you go, well, God, the, shot, the second side's so sh- much shorter than the first side. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, after, and then you, after maybe playing it 20, 30 times... Because there's no information on the record right. to tell you this. All right, there's no track listing. No, there's no track list. Right. And so you yeah, popping it down, and then a different sketch is starting. <laughs> Based on where the needle, which groove the needle went. Yeah, because there's two tracks. Yeah. 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 And, and then it was the um, trying to find it once you did find it. Trying to find it the second time. <laughs> you know, trying, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So I think all, most of the used copies are going to be just worn out. Yeah. On the second side of the first yeah. tracks. You know. A lot of pops. There's some great stories, horror stories of people who just went crazy, like listening to it. And they listened to it two weeks later. And they, they were like, no, I just listened to This isn't the same album. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I promise. These aren't the tracks. And again, back then, you only had information about this stuff certain places. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't just look on the internet and find out about this secret track on your Facebook. Right. No. And that was part of the mystique. And I think, for, especially for people of our generation, if I may, Dave. You may. Uh, <laughs> Sort of born as, as well, you may. Basically yeah. born in the early 60s. Well, I'm 39, you know. but yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Like Jack Benny. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that there was something about the, the discovery. Mis- the, the, the discovery and the mystique and the sort of. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that yeah you had to find out about it and and there were only certain places that well, you, you know, could read still, about it people still have that treat and it, it, it's 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 so much harder to have that unknown thing that you know about yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, you look up on the, once you find this thing that you think no one else has seen the next day it's got a million hits yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. even if it starts with yeah, forty yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, when we were kids it, it was the idea like I remember coming to junior high and telling people about this show and they have no idea what you're talking about. And uh, it, it just was amazing. I, and, and we didn't even know, like, about the Hollywood Bowl show. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, what? Performed live? And, you know. Um, there, Monty Python was just, uh, it was so terrific. And then it, it turned me on to the Goon Show, yep. and we, we searched those out, which was, again, very difficult to do at that time. It's not like today where you just look it up and... You'll find every goon well, show. Yeah, you can order a CD on Amazon. It wasn't until yeah. m- many years later as like an adult that I really uh, started listening to the goons, who were, of course, Python's antecedents. And they talk about what an influence they were. And, uh, and I, I think of uh, as these as so much more sophisticated. And the fact that listening to these records, I didn't get half the references uh, as a 15-year-old. Oh, no. I mean, uh, you know, like... Even first of all, they're not, not even knowing what cheese is. Oh, I, cheese I, shop. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. No. I mean, well, was, part of what's so great about this Python, but this record in particular, is it's incredibly rhythmic and musical. Yes. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a brilliant musical sketch on the second sure. side. But uh, all, the, all the sketches are just really, really rhythmic, and it's, it's 
really funny and kind of mesmerizing, even if you don't know who Hugh Walpole is, or the Bath or the Bath and Wells diocese right. in the Church of England. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. that stuff just it just scanned funny. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And knew. they're mm-hmm. just it just rings true. Yeah. Which diocese? Yeah. Leicester. Yeah. 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 It looks a little Bath and Wellsish to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love that stuff. I love that. Also, even the cheese shop. Those are, uh, that's again, a, a, it's a Cleese uh, Palin sketch. Oh, it's ones. just one of the list ones. That's, well, they, they, exactly. That's, that's, it's that's, just that a list of words, they, basically. The fascination <laughs> of words that yeah. they had. And, yeah. and one of the things that always pissed me off, and that I kind of loved when I was a kid, and again, I'm just, you know, slightly behind that, but, you know, like the first person to introduce me to Monty Python was my father. Like, he forced oh, wow. me to watch it on Channel 13 growing up uh-huh. in New York. <laughs> so we used to watch um, Faulty Towers, and right after it on Channel 13 came Flying right. Circus. And I, I mean, I remember at eight years old loving. Faulty Towers and saying you are an idiot for liking this flying circus show doesn't make any fucking sense, you know. And then coming around to it in two years, going, "Oh my god, it's genius!" Um, but I mean, it, it was it was just so interesting, you know, having that kind of influence and then coming back to it, you know, and and seeing all these great references and going, "Oh, you know, my my mom would make." You know, get pissed off. It's like, well, if only you knew your studies as well as you knew those Python routines. And like, but I learned penultimate from a Monty Python routine. I learned most of the names of the philosophers. And your from mother a spoke routine. like a Monty Python character. Well, I do that because you know <laughs> that's one of the reasons she wouldn't let me do it. She actually wore a rag on her head. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was a Gumby. Which yeah, exactly. Our favorite. She was a pepper pot. Rain. Right. Yeah. Rain boots on and the things rolled up. Well, the twits. The, yeah, I mean, but it was but it was brilliant, and you know, I so so many great things I did actually learn from Python. But in terms of in, in terms of like uh, comedy albums, the the greatness about this we talked about a little bit about the production value, but also coming up with uh, material specifically for the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you'd buy when you bought comedy albums back in the day. This was the only way to connect yourself to a film. Or a movie, right? That's or a right. TV show, pre uh, yeah. video cassette. You just yeah. would get the soundtrack, and you could album. listen to it anytime you wanted. Exactly. We didn't have even before VHS. Yep. Uh, before Beta, sure. This was the only way to be attached to it. And they used to have you'd get a soundtrack for a film, and it would have scenes. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I think tiny I scene for the movie. I have, audio. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I still have uh, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder doing Rhinoceros. Yes, on, on crazy on yeah. vinyl. Oh, that was a big the Broadway show right, which album. They, they, that they made into a movie, yeah. but the the album, oddly enough, is of the movie, not of the Broadway play. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah and that, that was thing. a crazy one anyway. Oh, Jesus! But there are some like there's there's original stuff in here, and there are some sketches from the show. But I think like. The show sketches on this; these are the definitive Stronger. versions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the cheese shop yeah. is better. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the cheese shop is sure. the so definitive cheese shop, yeah. and, and also uh, the, the University of Walla Malone. The, uh, yeah. the you know. Uh, the idea of a philosophy department in Australia and the well, treatment of England of how backward yeah. Australia is. It's so is. tightly cut. There, there's yeah. no yeah. audience laughter. Yeah, that's right. true. And uh, it, it just it just has a certain rhythmic... Uh, it has an intensity to it yeah. that that's, they don't have in the... I mean, this, it's apples and oranges, but the sketches on the show with the audience... Well, yeah, again, you know... Just they, have a different energy, which each is its own energy, but for those sketches, especially just this kind of verbal, rhythmic... <laughs> Well, yes, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, it the, really works uh, right. on the record. In well, a the way. cheese shop, which I which I just it. loved, and, and, so and you know good. the whole thing with the bazooki player, and you know, the, and if you watch the the sketch of it, it's just too. Also, oh, he gets to use the <laughs> f word. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. uses the f word on the record, which is uh, yes, which is always a really great. funny bit of punctuation. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how fucking runny it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so brilliant. Uh, 
And I didn't even know that you wanted Camembert running. <laughs> Back then. Yeah. yeah. He learned a lot. Yeah. 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 Venezuelan beaver cheese. Venezuelan yeah. beaver cheese, which That's I believe is the, the one fake one. They're all yeah. real. Yeah, they're they're all real. Yeah. It's one of those it's one of those sick things when I'm watching the Food Network or whatever it is, and somebody will mention one of those cheeses, and that's that nerd right. thing. Right. Ill chest. From the cheese I know that one. Well, to this day, even though I don't, no, I hardly remember this. Also, they wrote the that sketch before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Word but word association football. Right. I automatically yeah. say yes. when I think of word association, I think of association football <laughs> because of that sketch, and I don't remember any other part of it other than that. Yeah. It's, uh, Any it's, specifics about the album we should talk about? I mean, uh, anything that hits you. Um, but I, I do like to ask people if they've ever made friends over comedy albums or or, or or comedy in general. You know, I mean, as a kid, my best friend and I became best friends over Cheech and Chong and um, uh, Weird Al. So I don't know. Well, I, I mean, that was one thing is that that's the only way you found out about anything was sharing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I had friends that we would sit there and listen to it. And it's a weird thing uh, to have somebody sit there and listen to a comedy record. Uh, and there's no interaction. It's just kind of supposed to be the thing of... It's, it's two people staring <laughs> off into space. Yeah. But, listen, you, can't, you can't see what I'm doing on the podcast. But, <laughs> just making a listening face. Okay, listen. Right. Shh, listen. Shh, listen to this. I remember doing yeah. that. Going yeah. to friends' oh, yeah. houses and listening to the uh, Robin Williams uh, reality with a concept. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. And, uh, that's the one I remember listening to with Dan DeCultz. And uh, that's his name. <laughs> and, uh, All these people are in jail, by the way. Everyone you mentioned, every one up. of them, for various things. Know, Greg and Dickels pulled off uh, some insider trading and later in the 80s. <laughs> I had discovered uh, yeah. all this vinyl stuff, and though the listeners, the regular listeners, will know this, because my parents had, for some reason, a lot of them were, were, were they weren't conservative parents, but a lot of them were banned in our house. We couldn't listen to the Richard Pryor stuff, <laughs> so there were crates of them upstairs in, my, in our attic, which got to like 120 degrees in the summer, you know, and that's where we would sit and we would play and listen to it. And I got into Python because a couple of my buddies were so much smarter than me, and they loved Python, so I was like, well. I gotta get it. I've gotta understand. So I only listened to it to try to, like, ah, I get it. And that's what killed me with Word Association football. I was like, oh, I don't get it. Like, wait, what am I missing? I listened to it like 10 times. <laughs> Try to, wait, wait. <laughs> I remember being in uh, high school, uh, uh, probably like being around, uh, yeah, probably like a sophomore or something. And then one day seeing a kid with uh, a sweatshirt on, and he had gone to the mall to put, a word on it, yeah. and it said Ruddles, wow. and it was nice. astonishing. I didn't wow. know this kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. and well it done. was it was like he had a secret code or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, and I remember going, "What? What? The, the you saw the Ruddles?" Which was famously like a really badly rated uh, special that aired. Mm-hmm. Once in like '78, and then it aired again like around 1980. Yeah, and I re- so. I well, then it was aired. They but brought it back with. Uh, at the time, yeah. it was like this. But no one knew about it. I mean, like you had to be. A, you already had to be like a, a like a ninth level Python. I was more. To know about I was that. only at at the time it aired in '78 when I was like around uh, a freshman uh, in high school. Yeah. Uh, I was more aware of Python than I was of the Beatles. I had peripheral <laughs> awareness of the Beatles. And yeah. my experience of, through high school getting to know the Beatles was a series of going, oh, this is the song the Ruddles is parody. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Well, Amazing. I remember how excited I was to see. Uh, the other thing is we didn't see a lot of the stuff until after. Yeah. Like uh, when I was 
early discovering uh, Python on public television, it was already five years before. You know, they, they, yeah. they'd done it in '70. I was watching it in '75, and you were just like. The idea that the show would ever end scared me, and the, the idea also—you'd never. We didn't see these people. Uh, we didn't see John Cleese, Michael Palin. Uh, t- uh, you know, we didn't see them on television like in Britain. Yeah. We saw them everywhere. Right. All, all uh, and the time. so, like, yeah. uh, when the first, uh, you know, like uh, I remember SNL with Michael Palin hosting. Mm-hmm. It's one of the craziest episodes of SNL ever. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just it's, weird. It's just, uh, the yeah. story of a young. Um, uh, a young boy who becomes—it's like a Dickens, yeah, there's tale. a Dickens parody, and uh, but it goes on forever, as I remember it. And he, uh, you know, the spit buckets that he yes. has to empty the spit buckets that are hanging off the characters' faces. <laughs> there's um, a good what if sketch where he plays Hitler, uh, yeah. and uh, it's like what if Superman grew up in Nazi Germany? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I have not that. seen that since it's, yeah, it's it really, aired. It's weird. That's a that. great sketch. It's it's bizarre because it's one of those few times where you see something that's an institution, at least you know, as we as far as we know it in America, Saturday Night Live, actually try and bend itself and become something it's not. You know, I mean, like every once in a while, you'll see them try and like we're going to make. Michael Jordan, a comedy star, and like, well, okay, we know that's not going to work, but you know, you can give it a shot. Well, that's, 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 that's you know, stunt casting, exactly. But you'll also see it, like people, like, yeah, they, some, and sometimes it works very well. But sometimes you'll see people, particularly Americans, try to do a kind of clearly Python influenced, just absurdist sort of verbally rhythmic thing. Sure. And it just doesn't work because it's it's trying to be something. Yeah, whereas right. with the Pythons, it just comes out of. Yeah. Something yeah. right that's real, it, and it's, it's funny because it's actually one of my favorite sketches that's on this. Um, but it's so the parrot sketch, but it's the terrier sketch. They have so many great pet shop yeah. sketches, right. but it's yeah, that terrier yeah, yeah, sketch yeah. where he's going to make it into a fish. Right. It's like yeah. you know, it's like well, can, we don't uh, have that yeah, for yeah. you. But can, um, uh, cut off the head, put so, a pipe in. Right. How yeah. long for a budgie job? Oh yeah. no, I can't. I've got to let the yeah. frogs out. Yeah. No, I've got to take the quite a lot of animal imagery on the Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's interesting because it, <laughs> that sketch, the terrier sketch, always seemed to me to be like a bite on a python sketch. Like they were referencing themselves. But I, what I had to come to realize is it's just another great thing that they came up there with. Was a, there was – I guess there was also a, p- a period of time when they started then taking – they're, they like were imitating each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah doing uh, each other's they, stuff. They, yeah, they yeah. Were, there were two writing teams in Idol. Cleese and Chapman wrote together. Palin yeah. and Jones wrote together. And Idol wrote, wrote by himself, own. and Gilliam made the animations. Yep. Right. And then they've talked about how they would imitate each other's sketches. Like whoever did the list sketches first, you know, like. I think they, that was Cleese. Yeah. That's Cleese, Cleese and Palin, yeah. yeah. Then the other guys would try to write their own list sketch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and there, there's where. So and there, the other thing That's is, so for the other side of it, uh, the, uh, the, the other uh, writing was the idea that the sketch just devolves. You know, so there'd be the sketch going on that just devolves into you want to go to my place. Yeah, you know, <laughs> which is the um, well, and their idea that you didn't need a punchline; it would just sort of end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we well also and, uh, also the idea that just the camera catches something else on the show (laughs) was the idea that, you know, this sketch ends and then the camera just kind of pans over and there's an announcer there. Or there's follow me. uh, Well, I listened to your your Dave Holmes one where you did That's Not Funny, That's Sick, the the National Lampoon record, which is from like 77. And if you listen to that, some of the sketches are like a minute long and they're just 
like fragments of something. Yeah. And it's clearly influenced by, Python. if not Python, actually this record. Right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. And it's, the only other group that I'll throw in there that's kind of uh, of the same time or the other end of that, but on this end is the Firestein Theater, which a lot of people don't know, but it's again, like wow. they were able to throw that. was that. another one where we right. discovered that and it's like, we loved yeah. it. But it was the same thing. When, when you got admitted to like, again, I'll talk about levels. Like yeah, when yeah, you yeah, got yeah, your key to the sixth yeah, level, yeah. level of, you know, <laughs> and Python. Actually, they were happening. First. They were paralleling the pythons exactly. chronologically, and they are exactly what I, a, a successful version of what I'm talking about because they were not imitating Monty Python. Oh no, right. they were doing their own. They thing. were doing their own I mean, thing literally. at the same time. But it's it kind of parallels in terms of a, a certain style and a sort of absurdity. Well, the great thing about that uh, just Firestein Theater was almost specific. It was, it was yeah. specific rather than general. Right. Well, their stuff Absurdity. was their stuff was that love of old radio, yeah. which I share with them. Firestein, yeah, because yeah. yeah. they actually would do like these the parodies, Nick, like of old the Nick radio Danger show. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it was the idea of these. Parody shows, and then they, but they did some crazy stuff like the driving along the freeway, oh, talking billboards in, yeah. inside the, oh, yeah. what, but inside Antelope Freeway, one yeah. mile, yeah. <laughs> Antelope Freeway, where we Antelope Freeway, one quarter mile, and just, I mean, it kept you know going down one thirty second mile. Oh, you know it's what I mean? great. If but, you lived here, you'd be home by now. And, you know, yeah. and but like literally those, you know, those stupid little ones, like uh, Airzats Brothers Coffee, the real one. Look for the can in the plain brown can, you yeah. know, and you just go, and that was it. And you never come back to it or anything else. Yeah. There's you know, some, they were they're really good at hitting that and getting out. But then, uh, then within again this this era, once PBS stopped airing these, and I get they did make a special for NBC, or they tried to do they, uh, they uh, did a series without without John Cleese. Uh, there was something like that where John Cleese had left the show. There was a final season, right? They did one season, yeah, when yeah. he was off doing Faulty Towers, yeah. yeah which and, is, but but beyond that, the end of PBS, we brought we brought us the Goonies, which was such a not as <laughs> it was. Like, it was a kind of cutesy, yeah. It was vaguely were, rock and roll. You were suddenly taken from this <laughs> this this uh, this gourmet meal to the burger. Goonie, Goonie, you know. Goonies. Yeah. Any of you guys ever seen like, the Goonies? <laughs> Goonie, Goonie, yum, yum. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Oh, a guy named Bill Odie was Bill like Odie. the creator of that, who was a friend of the Pythons. Like all the, they were all well, like they all knew BBC like comedy. That's yeah. why they came yeah. up with the name. Yeah. yeah. So. It's funny. It's like Firestein Theater and Python. They're both kind of they're from the same generation. Mm-hmm. They're all basically baby boomers who kind of were born during or right ones. after the war. Right, and the true ones, not us. And yeah, no, not us. We're, we're basically uh, boomers slash Gen X. Right, and, yeah. And, yeah, and it's coming from but, that, that, that. But kind of what their comedy is about is. They're both kind of reflecting on a uh, sort another of idealized era. idea of another era of America and England. Well, I think that's exactly sort of it. They are the response England. to the hippies. They're like, these people are dirty and smell bad. Can I be the first one to say that? It was actually their age, you know, right, I mean, right. or, or close but there's to a, they, a little bit, but, but, more, they were, but, but it was more about, I think, kind of reflecting on their sort of parents' generation. Yeah. And what the state of their country is in but see, the late 60s. And when you talk about the stinky hippies, <laughs> actually, I think that I Python were about. reactionaries. Yeah. And they were doing it from within the system. You got this show on BBC that's making fun of the Queen is going to be watching. Oh, and, and the they, whole you know, time. And everyone, it, the Queen never, tr- but she changed the, the channel. The very end, and they all yeah. stand up, yeah, and, stand up and, and the stand. audience stands. Exactly. Yeah, and they're big. Stiff. Well, also, uh, uh, of course, uh, Peter Cook and. Um, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore, yeah, Cook, yeah. And uh, uh, was a huge influence on the Pythons as well. Uh, Beyond the Fringe, which was the show that uh, Jonathan Miller and Dudley Moore and Peter Cook and Alan Bennett created, which is incredible that you think and in also like uh, circa sixty yeah. one. And I think, uh, and that was the f- that was really the first uh, uh, popular uh, comedy group that was specifically addressing 
sort of post-war England and yep. the fact that it was a different place now. And that, that was... And so Python is doing that like 10, 12 years after they were doing it. But, but they're still kind of... That's still kind of well, again, a they topic. Were, but yeah. they, were, again, yeah. were in almost contemporaries uh, because... Cleese they were just a few years Chaffin. ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like, that much yeah. at, at uh, Oxford. Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One, One of those, those snooty schools. schools. Yes. Uh, One of them. But, but, the idea, but some of them did. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. They were, they were all like either Oxford or Cambridge, and then Gilliam was a, just an American jerk-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that redundant, though, when yeah. you look at the back of the timeline? But he kind of talks like this. So he, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were doing a good dueling. Yeah, uh, we were imitating backstage. backstage. Well, he talks very quietly. Well, thank you. <laughs> Just a lot of things one has thank to do. Thank you very much. Don, Don Quixote is, which, which, is But it's about like this sort of mythology of the United States and England, the sort of yeah. mythology of what they are. And well, I mean, uh, certainly Python attack, addresses that head on in the Holy Grail, which is kind of like making a movie about Washington and the founding fathers, sure. as a bunch of lunatics. <laughs> like that's and that that's that's what that's kind of like. Yeah, which would really be kind of sensitive to a lot of people, probably. Oh yeah, in terms of in, in terms of England, yeah, what? too soon. But the, the idea of uh, they were certainly they just did it so perfectly. It was a, it was a combination of. These talented people being at the right place at the right time, yeah. and at a government-owned uh, entity yeah. where they are given this freedom to do basically whatever they want, yeah. just because uh, England really embraced the idea of no censorship, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't. Apparently, we don't. <laughs> we have censorship, we say it a lot, though. Yeah. Oh, we love to say it. We though, apparently don't, we? don't have it, but we do have sponsors. Yes, and with the government-owned. Uh, Entity, they didn't have sponsors to answer to. Yeah. They did have some government bureaucrat to answer to, and they make fun of the BBC well, people and that, all the time. That's just it. It's like right. the Saturday Night Live thing, making fun of G and NBC, which they get in, t- in trouble with a ton. But you know, like these guys take cracks. At, I mean, BBC One, Two. With, I mean, I mean, it's constant. You know, and there's never any repercussion to it. In fact, it only made them popular. More popular because everybody knew the problems that they were talking about. The fact that you know everything would drop out, or they had some boring globes. Well, the fact that we know who talking, Edward, <laughs> you know, it's like, I that's mean, it. You know. The fact that we know who Edward Heath is, yeah. that he was a prime minister of England in the seventies, is because of the, the Monty Python. For sure, <laughs> he would not be remembered. <laughs> no, other than that. Um, but uh, these are to listen to this again. It was very nice to to be taken back to to uh, to that time and listen to this. But again, I go back to the idea that. It was so wonderful that they are coming out on vinyl, putting out a record for us, or the, or their fans, and that they went to the trouble of, of making these things work so well on that level. Yeah. Uh, there's no visual. They understand the difference between a visual and, a, and, a, and an audio, a, a audio gag. You know, there's, not, uh, there's nothing in there that says you have to see this. You right. know, or, oh, look, nothing like that. It's all about building these, these sound pictures for us. Yeah. And again, it comes from the era they were from, that they grew up listening to BBC Radio, listening to the Goonies, yeah. and, and, and just having such an appreciation for that. And the marketing on this album. Thought all the Genius. way through. It's thought yeah. all the way through, from the fact that they're trying to play a joke on everyone, you know, on their listeners, to having two side twos. 
It says free record right on it. <laughs> right. Well, it was, and originally, it did have a matching tie yeah, handkerchief yeah. that you were supposed to have bought the matching tie handkerchief, and the record was a free giveaway. Yeah. Right. Uh, and a, back in a time when there used to be free record giveaways. And back when a time where men wore ties and handkerchiefs. You know, I mean, you needed a pocket square and actually knew how to wear one. And I remember there was that. Uh, Monty Python was great with the marketing on all their albums. Oh, and these yeah. actually appeared in men's oh, clothing yeah. stores. Well, I mean, it's like the instant record collection. I mean, like, what a waste yes. of cardboard. What an awesome <laughs> really? thing. You know, it literally, sure. it, the thing expands Tw- and then it has all these fake <laughs> record spines that, I mean, like, literally are worthy of any back page of The Onion or, yeah. you know, like yeah, a, a crap pound inside cover or whatever right. it is. You know, I mean, like, everyone is brilliant. And, so. and the one that's the Tchaikovsky... Where it's scratched out. Oh, yeah. And they mm-hmm. just refilled in their own album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it looks the, like it's written in crayon. And yeah. It's, like, it's, a, it's Tchaikovsky's, like, you know, uh, whatever. Symphony. Whatever it is, yeah. Symphony. Yeah. And it's crossed out in crayon. It's in Monty Python's sec- or second album yeah. or other album. Other album. Like Previous album record, maybe. Yes. Uh, just great stuff. And, uh, the, you know, so much of this stuff, is, when you get something from a, a, an idol, uh, not Eric Idle, but an, an Idle, <laughs> I-D-O-L. <laughs> the idea that they don't put the effort into this. You know, it would be like we used to get soundtrack stuff or even comedy records. They were either a live performance sure. or uh, – but the idea of somebody's taking the time to make this its own entity yeah. that stands on its own. And you don't always get that. It's kind of like this and I – you know, like right. here they'll go, well, we want you to record a song. Yeah, or you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you're gonna be, you know, listen, Eddie Murphy. I want you to go out there and sing, <laughs> you know. And he wants to sing because yeah. he's very talented, and uh, he puts out a record. But you know, nobody was giving the Cheech and Chong did early Cheech and Chong record. Yeah, like yeah, the bit, like the Big Bamboo with the giant rolling exactly. paper that came yeah. out they of the They weren't just, or, you know. and and I think it comes from the fact that they were sketch comedians, and that's that's my background. Well, yeah, there's well. a. Pr- I mean, Stan Freeberg was doing these very meticulously produced comedy records in the oh, 50s beautiful. Yeah. that are yeah, studio yeah, yeah. albums. But that comes out of all the radio stuff, you know. Like that does. Even, those were directly from his radio right, show. Right, like, like even like Nichols and May, or you look at. Um, um, uh, oh yeah, the Nichols and May studio Bob stuff Elliott. is yeah. awesome. Oh no, I mean it's incredible. But you know, it's it's also very you can tell like it's got that studio audience kind of written into it. I it, I, I always like and it's you know like you mentioned the the Fireside Theater throwback to like the the forties fifties radio stuff. It has and it's this thing that you said it has that tempo to it, you know, where you almost have to go back and listen to it because it's going to be something that you get caught on at one point that's going to steamroll the next moment that you have to go back and check out again either something comedic or something dramatic the thing about this record yeah it's like it really is musical yeah. and the sketches are kind of like songs yeah. <laughs> and that's the why they, they really yeah. listening to it repeatedly really holds up the way you just listen to a, a music album over and over again and the art and the effort behind an album like this you're not finding anymore because there wasn't a lot of content at, at the time am I wrong I mean Online, you would you would release you'd release well, everything online now. But also, people don't have that reference anymore. For um, sure, you know, young people today, there's no reference of a radio show, right, to go off of. Now, there's some people have started to do. I actually have done that. I we I recorded a few radio shows, and they're on the web somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but it's the idea of putting a soundtrack. Uh, you know, making the sound effects and, and and making it something that would only be for listening. You know, uh, too much of it is just the the tendency is you're just adapting what already was there, mm-hmm. and you kind of throw it together. Yeah, and uh, like even their first album was just the sketches from yeah. the TV show. Yeah. I think it included like um, 
the Lumberjack song, maybe, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and some of the other ones. The Spam mm-hmm. thing, I think. It uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this uh, this one, they go through, and, and uh, the, you're talking about the, the way it, the rhythm of it and everything. It's just fantastic. It's just, you can listen to this record, and there's no feeling of, that was just one sketch, <laughs> now here's the next one. Right, right. You know, it almost, the whole thing has a kind of a rhythm to it. And the, and the finding that second side, the third side, oh. <laughs> the, the greatest feeling. Yeah, I missed out on that. I That's guess horrible. I, yeah. That's horrible. They didn't have the cool ones at my shop. Or you never uh, heard it. Music Den at the Manalpan Mall. <laughs> which, which I'm oh, sure see, is still there. <laughs> see, you were going to. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever The owned, Den and the Mall. The mall I didn't own any anymore. record growing up that didn't have like a, a notch cut out of it. You know, mine were always from the discount. Oh, from the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. hole punched in the corner. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah, like, that ooh, one too. Ooh, 50 cents. Yeah. Or my favorite, the one that was obviously given to a radio station that says, not for, for resale. Sale. And the guy's like, four bucks. <laughs> I'm like, all right. The nice price. Just to say. But then, if, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they were fantastic. And, and also how... Uh, you know, George Harrison was such a huge fan of theirs. Oh yeah, well, uh, all the I mean, all the Beatles, I think. Were. Uh, I mean, that's how they got the Holy Grail done. That's yeah, right. he was yeah. The, yeah, yeah, uh, he, yeah. He gave them all the money, right? But uh, they—they are the Beatles of comedy, and the mo- I'm an actor, and you know, Dave, you're an actor. You—you—you you, you meet you meet famous people that's on true. a regular that's basis. True. It happens. You meet well, them, and yeah. and you're like you're like usually you're kind of hey, I'm meeting a peer in show business, right, and right. I'm going to be cool and. It, right. It's not like out. I did a movie with Al Pacino. It was very exciting, but it was like, hey, you know, we're just doing this thing. But I swear to God, the most starstruck and dumbstruck I've ever been in my life was meeting Eric Idle a couple mm, years ago. First God. Python I'd ever, only Python I've ever met. And you shouldn't have felt that way because yeah. he's one of the friendliest. Well, he was very nice, yeah. but I just, I was like, I had to restrain myself from just being. <laughs> well, when I first moved down here and uh, worked at UCLA as a stagehand, and John Cleese was there for some time. Yeah. And just, it, that was just like you just met, you know. Oh, my God. No, it really, I was just, I completely lost my cool. I, I followed Eric right aloud. I saw him when I was in New York at one point. I went home to go visit whoever it was, and I was walking down the street, and obviously he had gone. It was as um, uh, Spamalot was closing. And he was obviously doing something in the area and had to go somewhere. And I saw it was him and followed him for three blocks. <laughs> I, I had no idea where I was going, if that was the direction I had to be going in. Right. But at one point, he literally just turned around and looked at me. And I just went, I'm a big fan. And he went, oh, thank you. And again, was incredibly nice. And, and then I decided... I should probably figure out. Can't, then you can't get rid of him. Right. Eric Idle. <laughs> well, what do you I do mean, later? You know, you know, <laughs> I, I was going to make some friends. Well, I'll but join you. I, I had to buy him a beer at yeah. Joe Allen, and yeah. then I just wouldn't leave. Um, you got to go home, man. Yeah, but no, he, yeah, it was just, I, I usually, again, don't get starstruck like that, but I had to do it. Oh, you know? forget How often do you see that? You know? No. And then I knocked him down. <laughs> and took his shoes because I mean how often do you get a chance to say I knocked down a member of Monty Python and took his shoes so I did that are those it? No. no 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 they're, they're in a hermetically sealed box oh. on my wall <laughs> they still smell like him maybe I don't know those it's, are the best it's sealed is there, is there a sketch that any of you remember memorizing completely front to back 
Besides all of them? Oh, not uh, this album, novel writing. I I've like like singing a song to myself. I I know many times in my life I've recited novel writing like in the shower <laughs> or driving in the car. Oh, it's a nice one. Oh, but it's yeah. not a one. It's a doodle. Oh, it's a meaningless scribble. And oh, it's not his name. Oh dear, what a disappointment! I could literally recite that whole thing. Just imitating their performances. Yeah. It's how you have to do it. I mean, literally. It's how I met some of my best friends in high school was doing this verbatim and then actually doing the lines back. <laughs> right. And then you're like, right. oh, you know, Edam, Caithness, Smoke Austrian, Czech Sheep's Milk, <laughs> Japanese Sage Derby. You know, I was like, wow. And he knew half of them. So, you know, you, for those so we who can hang out For now. those who don't know, the novel writing sketch is about Thomas Hardy writing The Return yeah, of the, the Native as a sporting event. Yeah, yeah. As an it is a hometown crowd. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. it's a hometown crowd. <laughs> it's the fifth the very popular Wessex novels, and, and here he is. Here comes Hardy. Let's confident. Wow, this is arguably the most annoying thing ever. Is like five nerdy guys talking about <laughs> yeah. Python. That's fine. That's Basically in a bar. Yeah. A bar here. You're trying like, to outdo each other, doing the same yes. line. Yeah. A couple of squeals from the girls, I guess. Yeah. Yep. One the of girls. Them I think it's know. singular, isn't it? Never girl? Know. No, or no, they're all men. Uh, oh, that's two, yeah, two yeah, that was actually for so. <laughs> There you go. It's the Dave Foley there, that woman. <laughs> yes, yes. A reference for you. Well done, Dave Foley, yes. Wow. A little uh, wrong guy reference. Wrong guy reference, yeah. <laughs> now that's something somebody can enjoy and still feel like they're onto this tiny group. That no yes. that movie. It's, yeah. it's available it's, on know, DVD now. Remember that time I followed you for several blocks? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Would you sign? Yeah. Uh, well, we used to, the songs always, I remember, uh, you know, the Lumberjack song was one of ours. Yeah, there's... Uh, all yeah. kinds of stuff that was in it that uh, you just... Boy, these live play. podcasts are off the hook. It's crazy. Calm down. But you know what? It's a, it's a, it's they a, get right. It's a Monty Python <laughs> kind of crowd. Yeah. Calm down out there. Yeah. Jeez. But no. I mean, yeah, Albatross, when they raised, you know, that was like a huge deal. Like, again, we weren't at the live show. But then we saw the film later. And then when, when it, they're going in the crowd and yelling Albatross, oh. you would have been going nuts. Oh. Uh, the Hollywood How could Bulls you not? not you know... They're right here. Yeah. They're right here yelling at to see if you want an albatross. Right. Yeah. And everyone's got, and my favorite, isn't it, especially in that, was, you know, and just like somebody young watching, it's like, how do you deal with something that everybody knows? And like, not somebody who's heckling, but somebody who's just like so effusive, they can't help but fucking ruin it. You know, it's like, no, I don't yeah. want you to say yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Obviously, well, that's not part of the like sketch. The yeah, there's a lot of wooing going on. Right. Yeah. 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 But my favorite was his stupid little asides, was like, albatross. Get the bu- yeah, <laughs> just going to smack albatross. You shouldn't be smoking that. You know, what I mean, like, and to a, you know, and to a, a, a Hollywood Bowl crowd, it was just perfect. You know, I just like again, just uh, they they couldn't do any wrong at that point. You know, no, I, 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 and it, it's funny because you know, it first was this tiny secret thing, but by the time Holy Grail came out, oh yeah, they were giant, and uh, the Hollywood Bowl shows is proof of that. It's the idea that you know. Everybody knew about them at that point, and it was no longer our little secret. Yeah. And it, it, not that it took away from it, but it did take away from your your specialness. So of funny knowing. though, like yeah. I just talking about picking up on this stuff. Uh, like if you grew up in the <laughs> in the seventies, and the I, I just remembered like. The first time I heard Holy Grail discussed was two kids on the school bus <laughs> describing the Black Knight scene. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, really? oh, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I have seen it. Yeah. And just hearing these two guys describing the scene. Well, you know, uh, the other thing is, 
if you remember back then, movies didn't advertise on television that much. It was part of this thing where they hated each other. Yeah, no. Uh, but you didn't see the trailers like constantly now. You see films promoted on television. Sure. It used to be you looked in the newspaper yeah, and, and you got saw what was big out. print ad with yeah, the yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. But that yeah. idea of promoting, especially well, growing up in Des Moines, Iowa, they weren't coming out to promote a lot of stuff. Mm. They did in the forties, ironically. But uh, <laughs> but by the time the seventies rolled around, yeah, they'd they forgotten. Yeah, they about tested us. Mrs. Miniver. Well, you know, they used to get that. Thank you. Well, we used to get the thing where they'd reference Des Moines in a movie. And and stuff did the state fair open there. But, you know, it was considered oh, one of the big. test places. It was right. a test market. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but Python wasn't considered that. But I think they didn't realize <laughs> what they had when they brought it out. And and then the other one was The, the uh, Life of Brian. Mm. Well, yeah, Took well, them to a whole other level because of the protests. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, anti, the church protesters yeah. who were marching yeah. in oh, front of every just, movie oh, theater. Yeah. Suddenly it's on the news yep. that this movie <laughs> is in town. And then it might offend you. Right. And, and the best part was is that all the clips and things that the news or anybody else would show would be like stuff from Flying Circus, which got all of us just like, well, now I have to go I see this. I see it. Yeah. And There's one I dressed remember. as a pope beating somebody up. You know, I mean, like, I got to see this. I remember Peter Dragna telling me about the TV show in uh, school. I remember uh, hearing the two guys discuss Life of Brian on the bus. And I remember the first time I heard about Life of Brian was when I was at Great Adventure Amusement Park in New Jersey with my friend Ed Stokes. Six Flags Great up, Adventure. You got he it. he brought up, he said, what, do you know anything about this Life of Brian? Because you had to get this information oh, yeah. from your friends. It was you all that. Just go well, we didn't, we yeah. didn't, well, also, we didn't read the trades. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that idea of, of when, these, when yeah. these came out and how it I subscribed to Mother Jones in high school. Because <laughs> I was a little yeah. prick. But how but that variety. How yeah, thrilled yeah. to see the movie then and when... And, and, uh, the, you know, you look at uh, at uh, Holy Grail, and it's the idea that they said we're, it's going to be just be sketches. Yeah, and it is. It's like these little it sketches, just, it's that, bits. But, oh, but, it worked, but right. they yeah. did such a great job of working it together, and it, it, it is a film. And then you've got uh, when by the time Life of Brian comes around, and this is where we've got this is a film. This oh, is yeah. like we're going to run you through the storyline, the crazy. Uh, the craziest thing that happens that's so weird is the aliens. The aliens thing. when he jumps off the tower into the alien spaceship, and yeah. and my favorite, it's again, it's like one of those perfect tags. Like at the end, uh, like in uh, Singing in the Rain, when he does the whole dream ballet scene with the gotta dance. The first line when they come back is the producer going, "I can't quite picture it," <laughs> you know, after they've done this whole fucking thing. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. really, and yeah. and again, it's one of my favorite tags. After this ridiculous bit that has these amazingly articulately actual aliens that have hands holding eyeballs right, you know right, that are right, looking right. at one another but it's kind of a yellow submarine looking oh yeah ship. well I thought it was <laughs> kind of cartoony <laughs> for yeah. me at the same time it always kind of looked like Buckaroo Banzai type of a ship you know from the inside like it was right, actually made out of high, yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. homemade items which you know, like, to me Buckaroo Banzai was a, this uh, this horrible uh, attempt at trying to make a cult film right but, but where they say I'm going to make a film that doesn't appeal to anyone but, <laughs> you know, that way it'll only be a small group I still love it I saw it when it came out and enjoyed it, but I can see what you're saying. Yes, I love yeah, it. And I haven't seen it since. <laughs> then, yeah, I, I think it it's But it was that attempt of like where he, they wanted to change what oh, we yes. felt towards Python right, right. out of this movie by... And John Lithgow's the thing where there's a certain kind of like wacky, non-sequitur-driven surrealism that just comes from something specific and there's another kind that's just kind of general, that's just trying to strive for effect. 
And the Pythons are really striving for effect. In their weird way, they actually have something to say. Well, they, even I mean, if you're not sure what they're trying see, to say, think, yeah, it lands because they are trying well, even to say in a, Well, stupid. the other thing is I think they're, they're pleasing themselves. Uh, yeah, They're making each sure. other laugh. They're, you know, uh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's that, there's that whole Definitely, thing of I, you, yeah. don't think, you don't see them going, well, that sketch won't necessarily work for <laughs> Joe Blow in you know, Montana. No. It's the idea that they think it's funny. We're yeah. going to go with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, a sacrilegious. Not, but I'm saying in Buckaroo Banzai, they said, some kid in Montana is going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> some or, kid in yeah, right. it so bad no, if that Montana kid works? I love it. I mean, I was a young dipshit in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum in a cowboy costume. That's right. <laughs> Forget about it. Oh, yeah. What was, what was it? And his name was New Jersey, wasn't it? His name it? was New Jersey. Yeah, it was like, really? It was made for just me. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but that's, it's that stupid line when he crashes in the spaceship in Life of Time. See, Brian. I'm just that much older that I was already savvy enough to see it. Two years. I wish you'd been there. You would have been like, maybe in two years you'll understand, James. Remember that 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 one happened, too. It's like, did you watch the same film? You're with somebody, and you watch the film. You loved it, and they They hated hated it, it. or vice versa. It's like, were we in the same movie? (laughs) (laughs) Years later, when I was older in New York, there was a film. I can't remember what it was called, but there was an independent film that was just a series of scenes that were influenced by other independent films. It was like, here's the Jim Jarmusch scene, here's the David <laughs> oh, Lynch yeah, scene. Yeah, right. And that was one of the few films I've ever walked out on. Wow. It was just this assemblage of other people's stuff. I think Made in Manhattan was the only one I ever walked out on. <laughs> wow. It was Hollow Man. I think it is. And I don't know what it was about Made in Manhattan that made me like, well, I'm fucking done. What you know, brought you? I, I can sit through all this shit, but I'm done with Let me ask you what. Are you went through the first I know. That's a better question. Were you buying for Made in Manhattan, please? And I mean, it was probably me and my other incredibly stoned friend who had probably Four for Made in Manhattan. Two of us. One of the saddest moments of my life was in the 90s in New York. I went by myself to a matinee of the Cowboy Way. Wow. The Woody Harrelson Wow. (laughs) I I still don't understand why I did that. Yeah. All I remember is the trailer. It was one of those moments. I usually don't get that personal and confessional. Was it like like in Midnight Cowboy, the scene inside the theater? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Even if I was going for that, it wasn't Chelsea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Part and parcel. And Wally Shaw. I just thought, oh, what the fuck? It looks light and funny. I got nothing to do. I'm just going to go fucking see, see the this. Cowboy this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, I know there's times when you're. <laughs> that makes more sense when you're like on the road or somewhere and you have to see No, something. it was dead. That's few, weird. I, no, was yeah, and also, New York, you can't find movies. Yeah, it's, it's not like so I can hard. find some interesting film in right. New York. It's not like living in Des Moines and there's only three <laughs> So I went to film forum and so yeah, I went down to the Angelica and I saw The Clumps too. Or I could walk a block. The new David see. Lynch. Yeah. They're showing Trouble in Paradise by Ernst Lubitsch <laughs> at Film Forum or The Cowboy Way two blocks from my house. I'm going to go to The Cowboy Way. It's air conditioning. <laughs> I'll, I'll roll my 20-sided die and decide which one. Uh, my goodness. Uh, well, we've got about five minutes left. <laughs> All and right. since I've said nothing, I'm going to say a couple words. Oh, yeah. Here's How what I'm... You? No, what I'm going to say is plug whatever you've got to plug. Because oh. I, I, if, if you guys have something coming up. Not really. Or not. Uh, we're DrUnusual.com. You can hear there's three radio shows that I recorded with Ken Daly. Awesome. And, uh, oh, there you go. That's good. 
But other than that, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I forget what's coming up. Okay. I've got these little web sketches called Topic A with James Urbaniak. Yes. They're oh, the interview sketches. Hilarious. And I, the guy I make those with, we're going to make another thing soon. So. Oh, what about oh, uh, he's getting peptides. Oh, is there another? Nice. Look at that. Is there another episode of uh, Season of Adventures coming out? Yes. Oh, we're, we're in the middle of recording the fifth. Thank you. How could I forget? Oh. That? I'm supposed to ask you that. We're, we're, I we're, mentioned the imaginary Frenchman, are, so I'm balancing that with adventures. That's right. So you, you, you earlier mentioned a. F- Play I was in many years ago. <laughs> that you didn't song. remember the title of before we started. We're recording. Recording. another season of Venture Brothers. Venture oh, Brothers. We're recording the fifth season now, and it will air. Many people ask me this on the Twitter. It will yes. start airing in January Thank 2013. God. Oh, still that's a bit of a wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And, I um, love the future. Just to tack on at the very end, um, I will be on General Hospital, I believe, in a couple of weeks. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. Uh, I Computer gotta, hacker? Uh, no, um, actually, um, <laughs> even better, um, uh, Hotel Bellboy. Oh, oh my nice. God. Yes. Do you wear a little thing? Little, little reoccurring comedic role. Yes, oh, uh, but I have the, the bow tie and the little green jacket oh, and the whole stupid crap. Yes. Phone call for Mr. Herman. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call. Amazing. Yes. That's great. Yeah, Those I was thrilled. Plugs that. didn't take as long as I thought. They oh, well, okay. we can uh, talk can about Pee Wee Herman talking more. Talking about Pee Wee yes. Herman. That's fine. Paul Rubens. Calling Mr. Uh, Herman. I will say this. I didn't realize, sir, that you were in the Nanny Diaries, and I apologize Who, for me? That. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very minor credit. I'm only it's in it for okay. two seconds. Uh, not that the it's, scene uh, was longer when we shot Not it. that I'm a huge Nanny Diaries fan, but I am cutting that together. Directed by Bob Pulcini and Sherry Springer-Berman, who made uh, the arguably more interesting American Splendor. The yes. brilliant oh, American yeah, Splendor. Which is what I was going to bring Where up. Where I play was... Robert Crumb? Is Rent the... that if you have. Do seen. you like it? Is that the Robert only Crumb? other film you? <laughs> Do you like? Who's going to tell me tum tum? Who's going to tell me tum tum? Yes, of course I can talk, my Prime Minister. Oh, Mrs. Niggerbite has exploded! Oh no! I didn't think that word would get in here. There you go. Also, before we go on this, just the love of Hitler. I mean, I just love sure the fascination of World War Two, which we were, and I didn't. Not a supporter of Hitler. He doesn't love Hitler. <laughs> the the idea of using that. of using Hitler as a comedy reference was, you know, fantastic. Uh, fantastic. And I mean, Hitler. it was done in America, obviously, years before downfall parodies. I may add. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Before he became a before staple became of a, comedy yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Yes. Well, how how well memorized does anybody have the philosopher's song? Because I wasn't going to end it this way, but we could we could just end it that way. Oh, Whole boy, thing. That would be the nerdiest, most excruciating yeah. thing yep. ever. Yep. Let's do it. Emmanuel Kant was a real piss and it was very rarely stable. I dig or I dig was a boozy beggar who could drink you under the table. David Hume could have consumed Wilkin Hart and Hagel. And Richard Starr was a merry swine of Justice Lawson Schlegel. There's nothing nature going to teach about the raising of the race. Socrates himself was permanently his. John Stuart Hill was done free will. I'm not a punch, Johnny was a big enough hill. Play all they say, it's big Half a pint of whiskey every day. Aristotle, Aristotle was a bucket for the bottle. Awfully fond of his dram. And Rene Descartes was a drunken fart. I drink, therefore I am. Nature going to teach about the raising of the wrist. Ah, little finger on a bucket which pissed. No googling, no googling on that. No, that was all done. Extempore, from my mother wit. It had to happen. It had to happen. Everybody, thank you guys so much for coming out. Yeah, great coming out, Vinyl. Everybody, have a good thing. All right, this crowd could fit in my minis. That was fun. I'll take everyone. Thank you.
intro music. Comedy on Vinyl is recorded at Fort Awesome Studios in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Our producer is Mike Warden, our host is Jason Klom, and he's also the editor. Comedy on Vinyl is a stolen dress entertainment production. You can check out all of our other podcasts, books, videos, other audio stuff, probably some writing, at StolenDress.com. Please check out Comedy on Vinyl at Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter.com slash Comedy on Vinyl. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us highly, and spread the word. Good morning. Morning, sir. Welcome to the National Cheese Emporium. Ah, thank you, my good man. What can I do for you, sir? Well, I was uh, sitting in the public library in Thurman Street just now, skimming through rogue Harry's by Hugh Walpole, and I suddenly came over all peckish. Peckish, sir? Isurient. Eh? Yeah, we're all hungry, like. Ah, hungry. In a nutshell. And I thought to myself, a little fermented curd will do the trick. So I curtailed my wall-poling activities, sallied forth and infiltrated your place of purveyance to negotiate the vending of some cheesy comestibles. Come again. I want to buy some cheese. Oh, I thought you were complaining about the bazooki player. Oh, heaven forbid. I am one who delights in all manifestations of the Terpsichorean mules. Sorry? Ooh, like a nice tune, you forced to. So he can go on playing, can he? Most certainly. Now then, some cheese, please, my good man. Certainly, sir. What would you like? Well, uh, how about a little Red Leicester? I'm afraid we're fresh out of Red Leicester, sir. Oh, never mind. Uh, how are you on Tilsit? I'm afraid we never have that at the end of the week, so get it fresh on Monday. Tish, tish. No matter. Well, stout yeoman, four ounces of kefilia, if you please. Ah, it's been on order, sir, for two weeks. Was expecting it this morning. My lucky day, is it? Uh, Belpaisi? Sorry, sir. Red Windsor? Normally, sir, yes. Today, the van broke down. Ah. Stilton? Sorry. Emmental? Druyer? Nope. Any Norwegian Jarlsberger, perchance? Nope. Liptar? Nope. Lancashire? Nope. White Stilton? Nope. Danish Brew? Nope. Double Gloucester? Nope. Cheshire? Nope. Dorset Blue Vinny? Nope. Brie, Roquefort, Pont Levesque, Port Salut, Savoyard, Saint Paulin, Carré de l'Est, Brest Bleu, Boursin? Nope. Camembert, perhaps. Ah, we have camembert, yes, sir. You do? Excellent. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's a bit runny. Oh, I like it runny. Well, it's very runny, actually. No matter. Fetch hither le fromage de la Belle France. Mm. I think it's a bit runnier than you like it, sir. I don't care how fucking runny it is. Hand it over with all speed. Oh! What now? The cat's eaten. Gouda? No. Edam? No. Caithness? No. Smoked Austrian? No. Japanese Sage Derby? No, sir. You do have some cheese, do you? Of course, sir. It's a cheese shop, sir. We got no, that. no, don't tell me. I'm keen to guess. Fair enough. Uh, Wensley Dale? Yes? Ah, well, I'll have some of that. Oh, I thought you were talking to me, sir. Mr. Wensley Dale, that's my name. Greek feta? Uh, not as such. Uh, Gorgonzola, no. Parmesan, no. Mozzarella, Pepper no. Kramer, no. Danish Bimbo, no. Czech Sheep's Milk, no. Venezuelan Beaver Cheese. Not today, sir, no. Ah, how about cheddar? Well, we don't get much corporate round here, sir. Not we? much co- It's the single most popular cheese in the world! Not round here, sir. And what is the most popular cheese round here? Ilchester, sir. Is it? Oh, yes, sir. It's staggeringly popular in this manuscript. Is it? It's our number one bestseller, sir. I see. Uh, Ilchester, eh? Right, sir. All right. Okay. Have you got any? He asked, expecting the answer now. I'll have a look, sir. No. 
It's not much of a cheese shop, is it? Finest in the district. Explain the logic underlying that conclusion, Phil. Well, it's so clean, sir. It's certainly uncontaminated by cheese. You haven't asked me about limbo, is it? Is it worth it? Have you shut that bloody bazooki up? Told you, sir. Have you got any Limburger? No. That figures. Predictable, really, I suppose. It was an act of purest optimism to have posed the question in the first place. Tell me. Yes, sir? Have you, in fact, got any cheese here at all? Yes, sir. Really? No, not really, sir. You haven't? No, sir, not a scrap. I was deliberately wasting your time, sir. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to shoot you. Right over. sir. What a senseless waste of human life.